Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 64. Now, the festive, the festive episode, I suppose we can call this. Um, so yeah, uh, this week inside Clan Monroe, we did a festive live on Wednesday night where we chatted about all things Christmas um, and I gave some advice around like what maintenance would look like for Christmas and various other bits and pieces. Now, if you are not a member of Clan Monroe, you're not going to find... It's very difficult, right? Because when I... I've always toyed with the idea of turning live chats into podcasts. But the thing is, like, I'm talking to like two different audiences. So people... People inside Clan Monroe who have been through the Monroe Method course, who understand the process and the reason that we do things and everything else. I can talk to them on that level and everything we talk about makes sense. If I if I talk to the wider world through something like a podcast episode, I need to be very conscious of the fact that people are on, they're at different levels of education and knowledge and they they don't quite have the context. Like I could say something inside Clan Monroe to one of my members, um, and they'll completely understand what it means, and they'll be able to to take that advice and implement it. But if I just gave that same piece of advice just randomly to a person who sent me a message on Instagram without context or background or base knowledge, then it could be potentially unhelpful. So I have to be very conscious of the way that we discuss things, like over these podcast episodes. So we're not going to talk about maintenance because I don't know what you've been doing. I don't know what your diet's like. I don't know what you've been doing to lose weight. So I'm not really in a position to tell you what maintenance might look like for you. But what we can talk about is a couple of more helpful things. I've probably done a podcast episode on this, but we're going to bring it back for this one. We are going to talk about, we'll start off talking about the three stages, no, what do I call it again? The three stages, of the three parts of enjoyment, okay? People, there will be people who are ready to approach the festive season and they are going to quote unquote, enjoy themselves. Now, most, most people have their own version of what enjoying themselves means, um, but it, it pretty much translate as not really caring about what you eat and drink. And it almost always means eating and drinking to excess, right? I'm just going to go on holiday and enjoy myself. I'm just going to enjoy myself over Christmas and I'll get back on track in the new year. So these are the kind of things that people say. Um, And yes, you may well enjoy it at the time, but are you able to enjoy it afterwards? So what is or what are the three parts of enjoyment? Part one is what you're experiencing right now. So this episode's going out on the 22nd of December. If you listen to it on that day, you will be quite excited about Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, the people you're going to see, the presents you're going to open, the other people seeing presents, yes. <laughs> the other people you see opening presents, um, the, 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 the time that you spend in the company of others, just the fucking fun and magic of it, um, especially if you have kids. Uh, and then, of course, there is the food and drink. You are going to eat things that you might not eat the rest of the year. You're going to drink things that you might not drink the rest of the year. Right? There's a there's a lot to look forward to for many people. So that's part one, right? The the build up, the anticipation, the idea of it, the thought of it. Uh, 
Part two is the thing itself. So it gets to Christmas Eve. So like me, for example, Christmas Eve, we are going ice. We're not really going ice skating. We're going synthetic skating, synthetic ice skating. It's actually got a horrendous write-up in our local paper this week because they opened it and it wasn't ready and the skates were terrible and the, the synthetic plastic stuff was terrible and there was no Christmas decorations or music or anything, but apparently it's much better now. But anyway... Christmas Eve, we're going ice skating, then we're going out for dinner, that's one of our traditions, we love to go out for a Christmas Eve dinner, um, then there's obviously Christmas Day, all the stuff that will happen then, Boxing Day, my family, Christmas Day we'll see my in-laws, Boxing Day we'll see my family, um, and it's just a magical time, right? So that's part two, the ability to enjoy the event, the thing itself. Then there is part three. Part three is the thing that will decide whether or not you have genuinely and truly enjoyed yourself because most people miss out on part three and part three is the most important part. Part three is the ability to enjoy the memory of the occasion. So you've gone through part one, you loved the idea of it, the thought of it, the build up, the excitement, the anticipation. You lived through the day itself, it was wonderful, it was everything you hoped it'd be. But you've woken up the next day and you are bloated and you are sluggish and you are feeling pretty yucky because you ate too much, drank too much. You're starting to regret some of the, your decisions. You're wondering why you kept eating. You wonder why you kept going back to pick at the food that was there. You're starting to wish you hadn't done it. If you miss out on that third part of enjoyment, then you have not enjoyed yourself because you should be able to think about the event, think about the thing and feel just as good about it afterwards as you did at the time. And if you don't, then you have not enjoyed yourself. You've created the illusion of enjoyment. You thought enjoyment meant eating and drinking to excess. And yep, it felt good and fun and tasted nice and whatever at the time. But now here you are, 24 hours later, feeling like absolute garbage because you know you overdid it. You wish you hadn't done some things that you'd done. You you know, no, I can't think of any occasion where someone might wake up and wish they had drank more or wish they had eaten more. It's usually the opposite way around. Um, so inside Clan Monroe, what we've been working on over the last week or so is preparing everyone so that they can enjoy all three parts, right? So here's here's a little something that I I like to do when it comes to trying to help people be able to enjoy these things, right? So when when we talk about goal setting, what I'll often do is I'll I'll think I'll, I'll suggest to someone, right? Cast your mind into the future, it's twelve months into the future. Um, you've lost all the weight you want to lose and you've become the goal version of yourself and you are absolutely living your best life, right? What does that look like, right? What does the highest version of you look like? What does the best version of you look like? What do you do with your time? What are your habits like? What do you eat? What do you drink? What time do you go to your bed? Who do you spend time with? What do you spend your money on? All these things. So, when you imagine you at your absolute best, what does it involve? What are you doing? And being realistic with it, not saying, oh, I go to the gym seven days a week, but I can't do that because I've got kids and I work and blah, blah, blah. A realistic goal version of yourself, okay? 
that goal version of yourself, that then becomes your target. And then you come back to the present and you start to make changes that are in alignment with the person that you want to become. So, for example, if one of, the, you know, what time does goal version, does the best version of you go to bed at? The best version of me goes to bed at 9.30 most nights, right? So we just pick that one and say, okay, let's start there. Today, tomorrow, the next day, set a, a reminder on your phone at quarter past nine to start winding down for bed, get in your bed for half nine, and then fall asleep at some point afterwards. Awesome, right? That's one part of what goal version of me would look like. I've been doing that for a couple of weeks. What's the next thing? And the next thing and the next thing. And what you are doing is you are gradually bringing current you into alignment with future you, with goal version of you. Now, when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to such a short-term thing, what I've been doing inside the group is saying, cast your mind towards the 3rd, the 4th, the 5th of January, right? Christmas and New Year are now a distant memory. Perhaps you're back at work, kids are back at school. And you're sat at work and you're just thinking about Christmas and New Year. What will it take for you to be able to look back on the 3rd of January and say that you fully enjoyed yourself, that you do not regret any of your decisions, you, you do not wish you had eaten less, you do not wish you had drank less, you do not wish you had done anything differently. You are able to look back on the full two-week period or whatever it is and say that was an absolutely brilliant Christmas and New Year. So for that to happen, what do you need to do or what do you need to not do? I need to, to uh, whatever, you'll, you'll all have your own individual things, right? And a, a helpful thing to do here is to use the past, right? We can't change the past, but we can use the past to change the future. What have you done over past Christmases that has made it not enjoyable? So I'll give you an example. I used to go out every Christmas Eve with my mates and get bladdered. And my Christmas days were hit or miss, whether I got up and went out for Christmas dinner to my grand's or not. Or if I lay in bed and like turned up later on once I'd managed to fight off some of the hangover. So I could look back and say, well, something that I used to do that fucked my Christmas was get pissed on Christmas Eve. So if I want to be able to look back and say that I had a great Christmas, then I should probably not get pissed on Christmas Eve because it always ruins Christmas Day, right? Think about things like that. So think back to the past. What have you done at past Christmases that have made you feel bad that you've not enjoyed doing? Maybe you got, maybe you get boxes of chocolate for your Christmas and you start eating them in the morning and by the night they're all gone and you feel awful about it. Maybe you tell yourself this time that, do you know what? I'm going to have a couple of those chocolates and I'm going to tuck them away. And then on Boxing Day, I'll have another couple. And on the 27th, I'll have another couple. And I'm going to make this box of chocolates last me all the way into January. Just do it differently. You're still having the full thing. You're just spreading it out over a longer period of time and you'll enjoy them a lot more. And it'll be a positive thing, not a fuck, I wish I hadn't ate all of them. It'll be, you know, and isn't that just a funny thing? Like whether, you know, you can sit. I wrote something recently, actually. You, you See if anybody else knows this. I bought a Terry's chocolate orange the other day because I wanted to do a reel about it. And then I fucked it up and ate some of it. So I can't do it now. <laughs> but I went through and I opened it up. I thought, I'm going to count how many segments are in this because I want to write this thing about it. So there are 820 calories in a Terry's chocolate orange. 
at, was it 8.20 or 8.40? I think it was 8.20. And there are, yeah, it was. There are 820 calories and there are 20 segments. So a Terry's chocolate orange breaks up into 20 pieces. Now, if I get a Terry's chocolate orange for Christmas and I open it first thing on Christmas morning as part of my presents and I have a couple of bits, then there it's highly likely that that would be gone by the end of the day because nobody's eating any proper breakfast. Nobody's going to eat a proper lunch. We're waiting for Christmas dinner. We're probably going to be peckish and picking at things through the day. And if there's a Terry's chocolate orange lying open, I would probably go back to it multiple times. Now, that's why I wouldn't open it. Um, but if if I if I had that all in one day, that's 820 calories in one setting, sitting, and I've eaten a whole Terry's chocolate orange. Now, eating a whole Terry's chocolate orange is not a problem. Consuming 820 calories worth of chocolate is not a problem. Doing it all in the one day might be a bit of a problem. And it's such an interesting thing because you can take something, you know, that one thing, if you think about the behaviour, eating a whole Terry's chocolate orange, that can be a positive thing or it can be a negative thing. You could have two slices of that, so two, two segments of that every day for 10 days and you've eaten a whole Terry's chocolate orange and it's a positive thing because you've got to enjoy chocolate for 20 fucking days in a row, that's class. Versus... I ate all that in the one day and felt horrendous about it. You're doing the exact same thing, but it's the difference, and we're going to talk about this more next week as well, it's the scale that you've done the thing at. So, coming back to that, is that something you've done in the past? Do you know that historically, if you open chocolates at 8am when you're opening presents, they'll all be gone by the end of the day, and you've got a Christmas dinner on top of that, and you feel horrendous the next day because of it? Right, well, how can you change that this time? The solution then isn't to not ever have chocolates or not eat chocolate on Christmas Day because that's ridiculous. It's then, well, maybe I should open them later on in the day. Maybe I shouldn't start the day with that, etc. So what can you learn from Christmas's past that you can take into the Christmas that lies before us? And how can you do things differently? Use the past to change the future so that you can look back on the 3rd of December and say, I absolutely nailed this Christmas. I enjoyed everything that I ate. I enjoyed everything that I drank. I did not feel bloated or stuffed or yucky or horrible because I chose to overeat. I navigated things brilliantly. I'm not coming into January feeling like I have to do a whole new year, new me thing. Um, I'm not feeling the need to reinvent myself and all the other things that people do in the new year. And then that's how you get to a place where you do not miss out on part three. Part three, I cannot stress how crucial it is that this 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 idea that people have, this whole, I just want to enjoy myself thing, you're not really enjoying yourself. You're doing what you think enjoyment's supposed to be. You think that eating to excess is, is is what you're meant to do to enjoy yourself. Consuming thousands of calories is what you need to do to enjoy yourself. It's not the case at all. It might feel good at the time because you're enjoying the taste of the thing that you're eating, but you're not enjoying how full your stomach feels. You don't enjoy it when you have to take a, a notch out your belt or take your top button out because you've eaten so much. It's, it's the illusion of enjoyment. And that's just a mindset thing. That's all that is. It's a switch in your brain that at some point has flicked over to believe that enjoyment means you have to consume to excess. 
Um, so flick the switch back again. And the thing is, I do this all the time. So we, we talk a lot about, um, like during summer when people go on holidays, there's a question that I ask people with, with holidays, and this will be very similar to Christmas with holidays. When people have that whole, I'm just going to enjoy myself approach. It usually comes from a place of restriction where traditionally in the past, people have dieted right up until the day they go on holiday and they've not had any alcohol, they've not allowed themselves to have any of the foods that they enjoy, and when they go on holiday, you know, they're not just going on holiday, it's also like a celebration, it's like it marks the end of this dieting period, and it's almost like it's it's a chance to break free from that period of restriction they put themselves through, so yes, they're on holiday, yes, they're going to eat more and drink more, but it's amplified because because they come off the back of a period of restriction. Um, and Chris, Christmas can be a bit like that. Like, I know there are many people who will diet for the first couple of weeks of December in an effort to bring their weight down by a few pounds to compensate for all the weight they know they're going to gain because of the way they behave over Christmas. Um, and all that does, that again, it's like the holiday thing. It acts as an amplifier, you know. I'm going to make myself go without this, this and this for the first 14 days of December and then I'm going to go wild because I'm going to kind of be rebelling against this restriction that I just put myself through. So during the summer, if, if someone's been with us for three, four, five, six months and it gets to summertime and they go on holiday and they come back um, and we usually have like a check-in when they come back from holiday and they'll, you know, Sometimes, you know, it's, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Some people go on and just go back to your like typical holiday mode and we'll chat about it and we'll work on it for next time. But a lot of people will come back and be like, do you know what? I went on holiday and had the best time. I didn't miss out on anything, but they just made some changes, right? And they'll usually come back saying that it's one of the best holidays they've ever had. You know, they did not come back feeling terrible, filled with regret terrified of stepping on the scales, not wanting to see the quote-unquote damage that they've done to themselves. And it's a much more positive experience. And I will all, you know, and it comes from them just changing a few things on holiday. They've still been out for meals, they've still drank, they've still tried all the local foods, they've still had everything they've wanted, but they've changed a few simple things like I didn't eat out for every single meal or, you know, rather than eating out three times a day, I just had two meals. Um, or they'll, you know, I didn't fill my room up with Milka chocolate bars and bags of Lay's, like things like that. Just simple, ridiculous things that people normally do on holiday as a complete default automatic behaviour. And they'll come back and they'll say how great a time they had. And I will always ask the question, right, tell me this. Thinking back to previous holidays, thinking back to previous years, thinking back to how you felt when you've came home from a holiday in the past comparing this holiday you've just had, did you enjoy yourself more or less this time compared to other times? And it's almost always a yes. And the other question I'll ask is, do you wish you had eaten more? Do you wish you had drank more? And in six years, nobody has said, yes, I wish I had ate much, I had eaten much more than I had. Nobody says that. Because it's almost always in the opposite direction, right? So, you can enjoy everything, absolutely everything that Christmas has to offer this year. And it just all comes down to the scale and the level that you want to do that. If you want to overcome, and, and listen, you know how I've said about um, 
bringing your actions into alignment. The, the only time that you will have a problem is when you are out of alignment, right? So for example, let's say that you are listening to this and you are thinking to yourself, do you know what? I do not want to gain any weight over Christmas, right? So that then becomes your goal. Then it's then down to you to act in accordance with that. So if your goal is that you don't want to gain any weight, but at Christmas you want to massively overeat, then those two things are incompatible, right? And that's when you're out of alignment. You don't want to gain weight, but you do things that are going to lead to weight gain. So what happens then is you do the things, then you step on the scales the week later, your weights went up by four, five, six pounds, and then you're completely deflated and annoyed and everything else that goes along with that because your intention was for that not to happen and yet you did the things that led to it happening. So the problems only start if there's a misalignment. If you want to overconsume at Christmas and you're completely free to do that, but you know, there's, there's no right or wrong way to go about things. The only right or wrong way is if you end up with an outcome that you didn't want. So if you do want to eat and drink a bit more this Christmas, then you have to accept what the knock-on effect of that's going to be. Remember, weight gain is not a bad thing. It's when it happens and it's unexpected or um, you didn't want it to happen or you didn't mean for it to happen. That's the only time it's a problem. Like if, if, I, if I go through a period for a couple of weeks where I was to eat out three or four times or, I don't know, eat more for whatever reason, then I should fully expect my weight to be higher two weeks later, right? It would make perfect sense. You can't step on the scales and get annoyed that the scale's going up. When you've just spent two weeks making the scales go up, right? Like, yep, this is what I wanted to do. I did it fully aware that this is what the result was going to be. The result has happened. Fine. I'm completely fine with it. I'm at peace with it. I did what I wanted to do. I knew what the potential outcome was going to be. The potential outcome has happened. That's fine. You're in alignment. It's when you don't want the thing to happen, when you don't want to see the scales go up, when you don't want your weight to increase, but you also want to have excessive behaviours. It would be wonderful if we could go through life doing whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted, on whatever quantities and whatever scale we wanted and the scales wouldn't go up, but life just doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Um, so alignment is everything. You know, if you, if, if, you shouldn't be trying to force yourself not to do things, right? If you don't want to gain weight, if if you've if you've gone through that example, you're on the 3rd of January in your mind and you're looking backwards asking yourself, what will it take for me to be able to get to that point on the 3rd of January 2024 and be able to say that I had a great Christmas? What does what do, what do I need to act like? What does my behavior look like? What do my habits look like? What do I do? What do I eat? What do I drink? How do I eat? How do I drink? Am I clearing every single plate at every mealtime? Am I going back for seconds and thirds and fourths? Am I having three and four desserts? Like, what am I doing? And then it's a case of, right, well, what's most important to me? Is it to eat like this? Is it to eat and drink to excess? If so, go for it, do it. But do it on the understanding that there's going to be an outcome, a consequence, a result at the other end. And as long as you're absolutely fine with that, then you're not doing anything wrong. There's not a problem. Just make sure that you are in alignment and that you consider the outcome before you make the decision. It's like alcohol. Nobody wants to be hungover. Absolutely nobody who drinks alcohol wants to experience a hangover. 
but you are highly likely to experience a hangover. So if, and, and it comes down to what you, what do you want to do more? Do you want to get pissed more? Is that more important to you than not experiencing a hangover? That's how you make decisions. You know, there will be, t- once upon a time, I used to go, I used to work 12 hour shifts. And if and I, I used to work um, continental shifts. So you worked every second Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if I used to go clubbing a lot to the Archies in Glasgow, if there was a big night on with a DJ that I really wanted to see and it landed on a work weekend, I would go from work on Saturday. Used to finish at like half five, quarter to six. I would go home, jump in my bed for a couple hours, get up, get ready. And I would drive through to Glasgow and I would go to the night out with everyone. And I'd be the designated driver. At the end of the night, I would be the one driving home. I'd drop everyone off. And I would pretty much go straight to work from there for my next shift, right? Now, when I was 21, 22, 23, that seemed like a fucking brilliant idea. At the age of 38, that terrifies me. I cannot even begin to imagine what that would feel like at 38 years old. I value sleep far too much. And that's all our decisions are. It's it's weighing the benefit and the cost, you know, in my 20s, going out, clubbing, seeing DJs, spending time with your friends, being a part of all that, that was more important to me than being alert and awake at work. However, at 38 years old, being alert and awake at work is more important to me. Like my wife will tell you because she gets pissed off at me most nights because it'll get to nine o'clock. She'll be like, right, we're going to sit down and watch something. And she's just waiting for me to either say, Yep, let's stick an episode of something on, or more often than not, I'm just going to get to bed. <laughs> because I value sleep so much. I love being in my bed for nine o'clock, being asleep for half nine, and then jumping out of bed at five o'clock in the morning, ready to crack on with my day. Um, Because I've just got to a place where I value positive early mornings and getting ahead on the day more than staying up till 10, 11, 12 o'clock watching episode after episode of something. It wasn't always like that, but that's what it's like now. So it just comes down to benefit versus cost, reward versus cost. And yeah, back to the alcohol and hangover thing. You know, nobody wants to have a hangover. And there will be some occasions where you're like, oh, do you know what, I'm not going to drink because I don't want to be hungover on that day. And that's when that's when the balance shifts a bit towards, well, I'm not going to drink because I can't really be hungover because I've got a kid's birthday party the next day or whatever. Um, versus the rest of the time when you do drink, knowing full well you'll have a hangover, knowing full well you'll waste your Sunday, knowing full well that you might be someone that's sick every time you drink and you're going to spend the next morning with your head in the pan. Like, you know all that stuff's going on, but you do the thing anyway. So... As long as you are completely accepting of what the outcome will be, do whatever it is you want to do. But it's it's that misalignment that's the problem. You know, there will be people who step on the scales on Monday the 1st of January and they will be disgusted, ashamed, depressed, unhappy, deflated. They'll feel terrible. They'll, they'll, they'll be questioning themselves. Why did I do that? Why did I eat so much? Why have I drank so much Baileys? Why have I eaten so much chocolate? God, I'm so greedy. Why do I do this every year? Thousands of people will be doing that. I've done it in the past. You've done it in the past. Some of you listening to this will do it this year. 
it's all good and well doing that. But what do you change? How do you make it so that January 2025, you don't go through that same thing that you've gone through for the last 10, 20, 30 plus years? Use the past to change the future. Use your past experiences. Learn from them so that you can actually enjoy Christmas. So that you can step on, I mean, I'm not saying you should always step on the scales, but if you are going to step on the scale so that you can do it and not for it to be totally depressing and deflating and, you know, to, do you know what? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. That was a good, that's better than usual. It's only a couple of pounds. Usually I gain 10 pounds over Christmas and New Year. So, for you to be able to fully enjoy the festive period, not just the build-up, not just the day itself or the days themselves, but also looking back next year, thinking about Christmas, everything that you ate, drank, did, the people you saw, the time that you spent with others, being able to look back and all of that and say, do you know what, that was an absolutely brilliant Christmas. Once you know what it will take for you to be able to say that, bring, bring it back to the here and now and act like that person. Think like that person. Make decisions and choices like that person. And that's your pathway to being able to say that you enjoyed Christmas 2023 to the absolute fullest. Right, that is enough from me. That felt like a bit of a rant. Jesus Christ, I'm out of breath. Right, enough from me. Have If you're listening to, to this when it comes out, um, which will be tomorrow for me, it's Thursday the now. If you're listening to this on the 22nd or before Christmas, have a lovely Christmas. Um, I hope you all are able to enjoy the full thing, not just the day, not just the build-up, also the, the after as well. Um, and if you don't, then you can use this as one more learning experience to add to next year to maybe make some changes so that you can get to that place where you're experiencing the full three parts of enjoyment. And I will catch up with you in the final episode before New Year.